0: I'm running and shit, and then I jump up the street level and I uh, hop on the subway and it took no aliens and no freezing water, but it took me back up to um, my school. And that, that was the moment that I realized that time is 100% relative and malleable.
1: Hi, and welcome to Drinking With Creatives. It's what creatives normally do, but now we're recording it. My name is Jeremy Berger, a documentary filmmaker and senior editor. And each week I sit down with a fellow creative, talk shop, talk life, and have a drink. This is part two of my conversation with creator, artist, and galactic explorer, Kobe Kennedy. And galactic is indeed where we go, diving into quantum mechanics and the shifting cycles of culture through time. This one's going to burn brains, folks. Hang in tight.
0: I would like to go into a uh, moment that happened in my senior year of high school, if you don't mind, uh, before we move on to a different topic, where I saw 12 hours into the future.
1: Uh, Yes, I very much want to hear this and uh, the floor is yours, sir. please continue.
0: This happened, uh, as I said, my senior year in high school, Duke Ellington School of Arts, Washington DC. I'm having a drink, right? I'm in bed. W Street, Northwest, DC. I'm having a drink and it's about one o'clock in the morning, right? Like midnight o'clock in the morning or so, whatever. And I'm in school and I'm like, yo, this sucks. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to go paint. And I was a graffiti writer back when I was in high school. And so I go downstairs to my locker. I get my paint out, my cans. I put them in my bag. I leave. I go out. I jump on the train, the bus to the train, to the bus to the subway. I take the subway down to LaFont Plaza. I jump out, which is like downtown for non-DC people. It's downtown at the mall, you know, the Capitol, the Washington Monument, and Yep. I, I jump over the tracks, get into the uh, freight train tracks, Amtrak tracks, right? And I walk down to the tunnel, the tunnel, which was like um, the wall of fame, DC graffiti wall of fame. It's an overpass really over the tracks that's right next to the Holocaust Museum, the treasury where they print the money, and the Washington Monument. So I'm down there, right? And it's an open air tunnel, like there's big openings on the side. You know, it's hard to describe, but you can see out one side, you can see out the other. And there's a beautiful blue sky outside, outside the town. It's wonderful, it's like Photoshop fade, not a cloud in the sky, it's like like baby blue, like Saturdays, pancakes, cereal, cartoons, like that kind of like sky, right? It's beautiful. And then I take out my can to go paint. You know, I can you can see the Washington Monument out one side of the tunnel. You can see the Capitol out the other side of the tunnel, and it's huge. It takes three whole train tracks. So there's two tracks here. It's cavernous, like two stories, three stories tall, and then there's a side tunnel to it that's just as big and cavernous, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of light, everything. So I look out one side and I see the Capitol, and around the bend comes right as I'm about to spray, I see a little thing out of the side of my eye and around the bend comes this crazy yellow, like OSHA yellow uh, construction spaceship, you know? I don't know if you grew up in the 80s and watched um, Kid Video, but on Kid Video, there was this yellow spaceship and it looked just like the Kid Video spaceship, but- Oh, holy was- God, Kid Video. Kid Video, awesome. Oh. Bro. Bro. That,
1: that, that, pathway in my brain hasn't been opened in 20 years. I think I'm gonna have a nosebleed. Oh, please continue.
0: Dude, I swear, we get some DMT and we'll talk about a bunch of that shit. So I see this thing coming around the corner, right? And come around the bend, like way down, like, like half a kilometer down, because it's, it's a long track and um, it's coming towards me. And it's been converted so that it runs on the uh, train tracks. And so gong gone, 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 And it goes over under one overpass, right? Coming towards the, the mouth of the tunnel, right? I was like, okay, this is weird. And then out of one side of the spaceship jumps this white dude, uh, uh sandy blonde brunette hair. I'm sorry, in the in, in in the brown community we never understood the delineations of brunette and blonde and stuff. But I am just going to say it was like sandy hair, right? Mm-hmm. Out of one side of it wearing a uh white button-up shirt tucked into some um uh you know, like dad jeans, you know, like Seinfeld jeans, you know, acid wash or whatever, with some white sneakers and a white lab coat, like ET style, you know what I mean? And he's running at me. I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then a few seconds later out of the other side jumps a dude dressed just like him, right? Running at me, right? I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is odd. I should go. And so I throw the can down. I jump over the bar into the, the adjoining tunnel. I run out into the incline that leads down. This is all stones and rocks. I run down the incline that leads into the parking lot for the treasury department. And I'm running down. And I turn around, I run across the parking lot. And I look back. And the spaceship comes out of the thing. <laughs> you know, steam everywhere. And the two guys, they run out and they put their hands on the ledge. They're like, boom, boom, and he hits him. He's like, he's over there, pointing at me. And I'm looking at him, this is crazy, and I keep running, and I run up onto the uh, street-level deck. I jump into this uh, uh, see-through tube filled with aliens. It's like a subway, but it's a see-through tube, and it goes up into the sky, and for some reason, it's filled with ice-cold water, and everything from my ankle down is like super freezing. It's freezing, and right, and we're going up, 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 And I fall backwards. And you know, when you fall, you know, that snaps you out, right? You know what I mean? Equilibrium thing. And so with my feet freezing, I fall. And I wake up in my bed, one o'clock in the morning in high school, like, what the fuck? And my covers were off of my feet. And so my feet were freezing. Boom. That's the dream. Fast forward next day, noon, school, Duke Mm -hmm. Ellington School of Arts. I'm like, fuck this shit, I'm gonna go paint. And I leave, I must've been in uh, math class or whatever, but I went downstairs, went to my locker, got my cans, went out, took the train down to LaFont Plaza, got out, hopped over into the tracks, walked down into the tunnel, uh, took my can out, was getting ready to spray, right? I went like that, something caught my eye, and I turned and I looked. And I mean, it's everything, you know, Photoshop face sky, not a cloud in the sky, Washington Monument, Capitol building, Mwah! beautiful day for painting. And all of a sudden there's this thing, Yellow, OSHA yellow, coming around the bend corner, right? A Ford F 150 or whatever it is, right? Modified so it can roll on the tracks of the yeah. train. Coming straight at me. I was like, okay, this is fucking familiar. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then out of one side jumps this uh, sandy haired white dude uh, with a button up t shirt, button up white, a button up white shirt, dress shirt, tucked into uh, uh, Seinfeld jeans with white shoes. But no white lab coat. Everything except the white lab coat, right? And he's running at me. I'm like, holy shit. And I, and I talk to myself all the time, like out loud, right? I'm one mm-hmm. of those. And I was like, I was about to say, if another motherfucker jumps out the side, of that, and I got to a uh, mother. I was like, if another mother, and at that moment, a dude dressed just like dude jumps out the other side and starts running at me, right? And I was like, oh shit, this is wild. And I'm like, I'm like laughing. I'm like, yo, this is dope. This shit is really happening. (laughs) I need to go. And so I throw the can down and I jump into the adjoining um, uh, tunnel. And I run out down the incline, the rocky incline, you know, pebbles and shit. And I run into the uh, Treasury Department's uh, parking lot. And I run, and I look back, right? And the F-150, you know, comes down the... Just like the uh, kid video spaceship, right? And then two guys, they run out and they put their hands on the ledge and one hits the guy and he's like, over there, that's him. I'm like, oh shit, this is just like in my dream and I'm running and shit. And then I jump up to street level and I uh, hop on the subway and it took no aliens and no freezing water, but it took me back up to um, my school. And that, that was the moment that I realized that time is 100% relative. And malleable that's fantastic it was amazing i don't know what happened if i went to the future or the future came to me or there's no such thing as actual time just the way we perceive it i don't know i don't have those answers but i do know that time is not it is definitely not structured the way that we uh take it for granted that it is
1: I mean, I can't imagine that it could be, I mean, the only thing, I mean, what do we have to measure time? We have, uh, we have radiation, we have clocks. Well, I mean, well, even if we observe um, time as it relates to other objects, be them galactic or or terrestrial, we're still trying to translate them over to clocks that are still reliant upon, you know, 12 sets of five digits like maybe just maybe there's a different approach there. Or and again, like,
0: you know, who knows because rocks together. That's all we're doing. We're just banging rocks together, boy. Hey,
1: yeah, you know what? It's it's always gonna be three steps forward, two and a half steps back.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know. Was, <laughs> you
1: know.
0: I, I, I I have a friend and a few years ago we were talking and I Feel like I started noticing that I was actually kind of blowing his mind. I didn't think I, but I, was, I was kind of blowing his mind. when We were arguing over God and religion and stuff, and I was like, oh, God, no, let's not get it. But I dropped the whole um, time and light and per- perception thing, you know, mm-hmm. how we look at the stars. And when we look at, you know, that basic thing, when we look at the stars, the stars are not where they are when we see them in the sky, mm-hmm. you know? Because light takes time to travel. We're seeing the light that came from however many light years away. you know. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped that thing where, like, if there were people like, uh, what is, however million years, light years away, mm-hmm. they, if they have a powerful telescope and they can see all the way down to Earth, they would be looking at dinosaurs in real time, like literal real time. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it sucks that we have this veil covered over Because I really want to know what's going on, you know, <laughs> but we... we're handicapped
1: yep yep unfortunately at least for the time being Mm -hmm. Uh, check back in a thousand years we haven't blown ourselves up yet I've always wondered uh, what would happen if you actually did create a craft that could survive the uh, event horizon of a black hole Um, and as soon as you get close because of course time stretches with the increase of gravity so you know the second you figure out wait I don't like this I want to go back uh, you go to press the escape button, but in real time it took a thousand years for you to reach that button. If it ever did fire, because if uh, the time is long enough, then it doesn't matter how fast the electricity moves between that button and the diode it needs to hit. It's taking years to do it. Have you yeah. ever seen... Oh.
0: Interstellar fucked me up.
1: Oh, yeah. W- well, I'll, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you one better. Uh, mm. Have you ever heard uh, of the Powers of Ten?
0: First time I saw the Powers of Ten, yes, I was 1984. Mm-hmm. I was seven years old.
1: You were you live right you were by right by the Smithsonian, yes.
0: And I, oh, is that where you, I was at the Air and Space Museum? Mm-hmm. And I went into that thing where you you lay at the you it, it was weird. It was like you lay on the wall or something, and like they showed you. It was some weird shit, right? Yeah. And I actually that thing, like, literally, I remember it was, it was, it was like the ending to some cheesy fucking movie. And I was in, you know what I mean? I was like looking at my hand, like, whoa, because remember it started in his, yes. or whatever. it came down to their hand or something and like went into their molecules and stuff. I love that. Those are the Eames, the Eames uh, couple, right? Made yes, that.
1: yes, yes. I never even knew. I saw the film originally at Pratt. Uh, I never even knew they had their own room at the Smithsonian until I found out that they were just like giants in the design world. Right. Uh, and I was like, wait, that, that's an entire room? That's like my gold standard of science films. And it's funny, there are two of those films. There's the one that IBM sponsored that, that's all in color and everything. And then there's the study that they did for it that's all in black and white. Oh, uh, no shit. <laughs> sure. I will try to find that one for you because the great thing about that one that wasn't included in the IBM one yeah. is that along there that that there's this uh these two clock in the lower left hand corner as they're speeding out for those of you who don't know who don't know uh the powers of ten is the relationship of uh spatial distance by powers of tens from a guy in a park in Florida to uh the uh known uh Milky Way galaxy, and then we go back in and find that furthest distance and then go the reverse powers of ten uh into a nucleus of an atom on his hand um you don't, you, know, if you don't necessarily need herbal uh, 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 amplification for it to blow your mind because I watch it to this day and I still go there. Um, yeah. But they had two clocks on it. One was measuring earth time and the other one was measuring your time because each time you go one more power of 10 out, you're approaching the speed of light right so the clock that's earth time keeps going faster and faster and faster and faster and faster um and then meanwhile and I believe that the time was also affected because if you're going back in then you're still accelerating yeah I, I don't I, I don't know I'd have to oh no I have to watch it again <laughs>
0: Sigh. I want to hunt that version down
1: I, I I you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note to uh, to send a version to you let me because I, 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 like it's 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 hard to find because of course like they did that. IBM was like, "Yeah, we'll throw you money for it." And they were like, "Yay! This is the one we got paid for." Like, I get it. But the black and white one is just like, because it's also raw. Like, they're using like straight up still photographs, and it's like, okay, so you guys were kind of geniuses even when you didn't have the money, and that's always nice.
0: Um, it's,
1: it's like hearing that like guitar legend actually just rock out in some like cheap nylon aco- like nylon acoustic guitar he got for five pesos in uh in Mexico City.
0: You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's right. like. One- The first THX 1138 that he made in film school and then watching the actual one that he made after he graduated and got some money to make the actual movie. Exactly, exactly. Okay, when you send me that, I'm going to send you a link to The Powers of Katsu. I don't know if you know about this. I don't. It's fucking dope. (laughs) It's it's, it's pretty cool. Because there's this graffiti writer named Katsu. And, um, I was still writing graph when I was in undergrad, and I think I discovered it around then and um this dude you if you've ever been in New York, you've probably seen the cat he, he his ta- his tag is like a big skull, and so it starts with yeah, it starts with Katsu catching a tag on a grain of rice with the smallest, smallest pen possible, you know, and it's in <laughs> The lens they use is like super magnification it's fucking gangster shit like he's catching a tag on a piece of rice and then it's on something like 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 a thumbtack then it's on like excuse me then it's on like a piece of paper then it's on a table then it's on a wall and then it's on a bigger wall and then it's on a massive whatever and it it ends with um, him catching a massive uh, of um, uh, 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 fire fire extinguisher fill, you know filled with paint fire extinguisher tag on a roof in Chelsea in Manhattan and it's huge it's like a, a whole block and so it, it's like a, it's the a powers of cats who co- it's taking off the powers of ten so it starts super small and tick 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 and I think it uses oh! the, same music, the same music as the powers of ten and it just click click clicks until the helicopter shot from um, above Manhattan showing his massive tag oh
1: sweet Jesus his, I need to see that it's dope
0: I oh, okay. love it is crossover and like cultures cross over as wild. Which sucks now, man. And I, I don't we don't need to go down this direction of a conversation, but talk about creativity. It sucks that I mean I personally feel like it sucks. It's probably a an integral component to the evolution of humankind. But it sucks that uh technology has now gotten to the point where it's outpaced the ability of analog human, um, uh, social, uh, culture building to actually mm-hmm. create culture.
1: No, actually let's totally walk down this road. Let me just refill this beer real quick. Hold on. just gotta walk over to my keg. Right.
0: One second. That's oh, no. That's such a bummer about the session, man. It's just gross. It's not even like a Zima. I, I would take a Zima. I could actually fuck with a Zima right now. You know they brought Zima back? It's like No. A thing. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I mm. know. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about technology for a second. Let's do that. Although I couldn't fuck with Zima because I just associate it with um, high school prom and <laughs> disappointing sexual experience. I might have a flashback. Hey, man. At least it wasn't Bartles and James. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Wow, you just took me back to 1987 with Bartles and James. Good
1: boy. I I have no uh, comment about anything that might have happened back then either.
0: Mm. Seagram's wine cooler and shit. Oh, God. God. Ah. Give me St. Ives any day. Thank God. Early 90s was just hard, man. It was hard.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was not a great time. Um, at the same time, mid to late nineties was kind of a okay.
0: Yeah, the late nineties got it shit together to a certain extent. Yeah. It's, it's how decades go off and on and off and on. You know what I mean? Like the 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 forties was wild. The fifties it was kind of like ah, and yeah. then the, it was like oh my god, and then the seventies was like just gross. E green and institutional fucking colors and bell on like ugly bell on, not like the cool sixties one, yeah. and then the eight. It's is off the chain. And then the 90s was like a mixed bag of, ugh. I think what it is, is
1: like every decade has a part, has a point in it where the people who are coming up, the kids, if you will, end up rebelling against the institutions that came before them.
0: It's literally a pendulum,
1: huh? It, it's always a pendulum. And, it, like, and it's multiple pendulums because it happens multiple times during our lifetimes. Like, uh, I don't know, we ever into comic books? <laughs> my, my bad my bad uh but i loved comic books from like the 80s and the 90s uh back before it was hugely corporate back before you know uh everyone wrote a comic to see if there could, could be, we could get a movie made off of it but i loved the comic books that like alan moore were doing and even uh especially neil gaiman were doing where they would just walk in and some editor be like hey I have this 30 year old character that no one's done anything with in two decades, uh, take this and make this into something. And Thank that's you. how you get Watchmen, that's how you get Sandman. And so like, you know, and that's in and of itself like a rebellion against that previous age, but it's, it's something that improved upon it. And I get worried with the corporatization of comic books and art and independent media that we're just not gonna have that left. And that, that makes me sad.
0: It drives me fucking insane. And I, I understand that a new thing is gonna come out of this like a phoenix, you know what I mean? Because this mm-hmm. is the way it's in the old cult. Rome has to fall, you know? It has to get sacked for the next shit to come. I get it, I dig it. It's just, it hurts. It hurts while Rome's getting sacked, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and a lot of things. I mean, this bleeds into gentrification, this bleeds into blah, blah, blah. This bleeds into how whack the fucking art world is right now. And it also bleeds into how in music, I don't know if anybody's noticed, But we used to have genres. We don't have genres anymore. Mm. There are no musical genres. The closest you can get is like, remember, like rap and pop used to be a separate thing. But now rap is pop. Mm. And rock, I don't even know what rock is anymore. You know what I mean? It's almost like everything's become muddled. And I, I guess out of this muddling comes the new definition. And we'll have brand new genres, you know? But maybe. But this is one of the first times we've seen a switch over a switchover like this in mm-hmm. popular culture you know so i mean and th- not to sound like an old fogey and i don't definitely don't want to sound like this i'm approaching this from a scientific observational point of view but you know used to have like 10,000 different genres of rock you know what i mean rock and mm-hmm. roll and like like mad different genres of uh electronic you know music and now mm-hmm. they just As of 2007, it's just EDM, you know, like general, just general EDM. Like if you're in a super fucking underground, like electronic, whatever dance scene, like maybe y'all use like the term, but all of it, all of it is just now like EDM, you know what I mean? I don't even know what like pop rock is now, you know, it's crazy, it's crazy. So like, like, and that's just one branch of it, but like all this stuff melding into one another, I feel like we're at the midst of an explosion because if you remember correctly the retro shit kind of started and i might be going off on a limb here but the retro shit started in the early 90s with um well honestly let me take it back the retro shit kind of started in the 80s the mid 80s when all these pop bands like Huey lewis and the news and all these cats started doing 1950s style shit right remember like Uptown Girl by Huey Lewis and fucking um, a bunch of those things. It, it was like doo-wop. They were going back to like doo-wop. and that came in real hard in the mid '80s. Yep. Take a pause, and then the early '90s, you got um, Q-Tip and d light put out is in the Heart. Do you remember that?
1: Oh yes, I do.
0: Oh, right, right. One of the one of the first rap um, dance crossovers, but more importantly one of the very first times that retro was shoved in the public eye ever really, you know, Mm -hmm. because with Huey Lewis and those guys, it was kind of like shtick, but this was like, this is hot. And it was, it was actual retro. Now go every five years. And the retro just kept going. Boom, 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 boom. They were riffing off sixties. Next came riffing off seventies in the late nineties or whatever. And then 20 year
1: culture cycle.
0: Culture cycle. Yeah. And then the eighties, in the early 2000s and this was like full culture everything you remember like even normcore was retro your normcore that came in 2004 to 2000 whatever well to now really uh was seinfeld it was like late, it was like 90s -hmm. and then that was the same time that Wishamcom came back that um that whole courtney love um uh, uh, Little Red Riding Hood Goes to Hell kind of thing came back, you know, with like the uh, pastel bleached, you know, faded fucking hairstyles and like death dresses and shit. And so saying all that to say somewhere around 2007, 8, 9, we ran out of retro. Yes. You know, so we started incestuously, it's like, what are we going to do now? And then. It- anyone's paid attention that's been in popular culture for a while like like I have because in my previous job I, I really had to like keep my finger on the pulse of popular culture mm-hmm. um, ever since 2006 7 8 shit's been pretty dry like it's been pretty dry like a lot of the music has uh, it, it's mesh culture all the stuff is just meshed into this melange of eh, you know what I mean A lot of times you can't really tell a pop track from a hardcore rap track. You can't tell yada yada from yada yada, you know? Everything's kind of like meshed together and nothing really definitive has come out. And I think a a real big component of that is that we've run out of stuff to retro, so now we gotta figure out how to make new stuff. But but we can't really make new stuff the way that we made it before in the analog days because one, attention spans have become shorter, scientifically, intention attention spans become shorter and um, market-driven everything gotten to this point that it never was in the early 2000s, up to the early 2000s, it got to this point where um, things are meant to be commodified. It's like, of course you commodify things. Oh, Rick Ross is a, is a fucking um, corrections officer. He's a police officer who lied about being a corrections officer and pr- stole the name of an actual gangster. To be a rapper, okay, cool. You know, like, this is cool now. This is fine. You know what I mean? And, like, the shortcut to creativity, the shortcut to authenticity is, like, real, is, is uh, accepted. And, and you have the thing that we were talking about before where technology and the speed of not just information but finances and culture and this and that, things get commodified before they even have a chance to germinate into an underground movement. You know, like, drum and bass was, like, a seven-year, ten-year thing before it got fully commodified. Right now, you have things coming out like, I, I like to use this example, um, uh, Ghetto um, uh, Ghetto Gothic. You know, they came out rocking shit that was next level. It got commodified in like six, nine, 10, 13 months. And then boom, you have, um, what's her name? Not Beyonce, the other one uh, uh, from Barbados. You know, her quoting Ghetto Gothic, you know, in her shit. And then, uh, who was it? Um, X, or the, the cats that started were like, like we're dead in this shit. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> the next one, and so things get commodified so quick that like cultures don't have the chance to germinate, and so we're in this weird time where it's like this this in between. This is the in between decade where it's just like oh okay, you know. And so I feel like there's about to be this big explosion. that I'm very excited for in the next seven to ten years. That's you gonna know, be like whole new aesthetic, everything. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. See, I, I I agree with you, and I'm I'm one of the things that strikes me about like technology, especially, uh, social technology, um, which exists both in the term of social media and also how we quantify social media, as we saw in the 2016 election by, uh, uh, Britannica, what was this called? Um, I forget the name of the company that just, you know, basically helped launch Brexit. Um,
0: Oh, right. Yeah.
1: Right. But, uh, one of the things that I, I mean, of course, technology is also one of those things that they were talking about beforehand. We landed a shuttle on the moon before we put wheels on luggage. We also developed automobiles, decades and, you know, hundreds of human lives, if not, well, hundreds because only, you know, they weren't affordable back then, but hundreds of human lives before we, you know, had to mandate putting seat belts on things. So, you know, uh, I, I feel that explosion coming and I'm partially scared for it. Um, <laughs> What, I, what i've been finding that's been interesting uh because you know i come from the metal world i grew up a metal head a metal kid wow. um and i've been noticing so many i've been noticing a lot of people like starting to finally try and use social media to have a more concrete uh interaction with their audience um there's this show i just discovered because i don't know about you but during the pandemic for some reason i i've like i've been pulling up youtube like shows it's like live shows and everything and i'm just like oh god i just want to go to a live show you too
0: you too yeah just a quick side note because of the desolation and separation between everybody i've been addicted addicted to uh youtube reaction videos no no shame buddy i talk to them i have whole conversations with them
1: it's no i i there's this uh YouTube guy named he calls himself Candyman. Um, he's not he's not the Candyman that that we all know and love, but uh, he just has this reaction video. But it's a live audience reaction video to um, Avengers Endgame. Ah! And I'm telling you, uh, uh, the first time. Uh,
0: oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You seen that? You seen that? Like, like uh, the whole like end thing when all the circles open up. I'm like sitting. There, I'm like, I had tears in my eyes. So I was like, I don't remember having tears in my eyes when I saw this in the theater. But I realize that on some very basic physiological level, I'm reacting to being in a group of people that I'm not there for. Um,
0: yeah. I'm talking to inanimate creatures. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, no, you yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm t- again, paleolithic emotions. Um, <laughs> paleolithic. But uh, but no, right. I, 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 there's this. Sh- I, I found this show that uh, it's it's performed at saint vita or it was performed at saint vita's bar over in uh Greenpoint, i think i've never actually been there yeah. uh, it's called uh two what is it two minutes to late night and hmm. it's just all these metal heads doing a metal variety talk show and i'm sitting there and i'm like how did i not know about this before i was locked inside my own house but yep. since then because it's a funny show the guy who hosts it uh he's dressed up in like that whole like um Norwegian black metal face paint, you know, that's mostly white, but they have like black for the eyes and the lips and everything like that. It's like real goth stuff. But he's also uh-huh. hilarious. He calls himself Guarcinio Hall. <laughs> yeah. Well and he's played. Well played. and he's just been doing this thing, and it's kind of, it's it's really kind of uplifting for me. Like he he it, he does a sing on YouTube now that he has to be separating everybody up from everybody else called hmm. Bedroom Covers, where he gets all these like People for these different people from metal bands to get together and do a cover song to support the Patreon so that he can turn around and donate that money to the artist in question because they cannot go in, out and perform for themselves.
0: Oh, that's gangster! That's yeah, dope. I like yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I'm sitting there, I'm looking you at that. I'm for that, Sue. I, I want to I get up on that. That's yeah, cool. yeah absolutely. That's cool. Uh, no.
1: but yeah. you know, it's like, it's like I feel that after what 10 15 years of what, Friendster, then MySpace, and now Facebook, now getting sued for, as, for being an, a, a, a monopoly, uh, which it probably really rightfully should be. Uh, I only feel like now maybe we're starting to recognize that these things are a way to be able to connect to people, but it's not the place to go ahead and have a political diatribe. It's not a place to go get your news. It's just, it's, it's just the dorm room posting board. That we yeah. had the entire time just done by ones and zeros and not quarks.
0: Yeah, exactly. I hope, I hope. When the internet came out, I was like, yo, this thing has mad potential, but it's, it's basically an advanced phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was like, this is great. We're going to turn it into a fucking uh, phone chat line. That's what this is. <laughs> we're we're going to turn it into that. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you hear about Pornhub? No,
1: what happened with Pornhub? Well, on Monday, and, and th- this, this also filled me with hope. This has actually been a hopeful week, uh, I- I'm happy to say. Um, oh. But uh, on Monday, th- not, not this past Monday, the Monday before, excuse me, the New York Times released an article um, that was an in-depth investigation to, uh, into Pornhub and all of the um, illicit videos that have been uploaded, videos of children, just like really just wrong, yeah, yeah, the quote-unquote friendly porn company. Yeah, their cover article was like some girl. She was like, yeah, I was 14. I sent naked videos of myself to a boy who asked for them. I had a crush on him, and he uploaded it, and now I tried to commit suicide twice, and it was just like a like stories from all these people. Right. On Wednesday of that same week, Pornhub announced that it would no longer take on uh, unverified users' videos.
0: I've always wondered about that. I mean, it's like, I've, I've always wondered what it's like to come up as a kid in the age, this, this particular age of information, you know what I mean? Because I remember what it was like to be a kid, yeah. and there were no holes barred, like we would do anything if we were capable of it, and now as kids with like technology at their fingertips, and you know, they're human, so they're dumb as a bag of hammers, as we all are, mm-hmm. you know, like. What, what would they do without the, without having gone through their 20s and gaining some, you know, morals and shit. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I couldn't even imagine. I was watching, um, God, I keep wanting to call it ecstasy. Um, Euphoria, I was watching Euphoria and they actually kind of touched on this in uh, you know the first season that they, they, that they showed last year. And like, I can't imagine being like Generation X or not even generation X. What's the one under X? Like the kids, the kids' kids now. Do they have a name? Generation Z? Are we at Z already? Oh, we had Z. Yeah, I can't imagine being like teenage, junior high school, high school age now. Oh god, no. I swear to God, jet the shit that I did that was just stupid. I mean, not 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 misogynistic and uh fucked up like that, but just the general stupidity that I did as a yeah. as a child. Non-cruel stupidity. Huh? non-cruel stupidity yeah non-cruel stupidity exactly imagine that not just being cataloged for the ages but broadcasted for the ages i mean my, my life would be over so yeah. i feel for the children right now it's like they got no um no safety net really where they well, they literally can't fuck up
1: yeah yeah oh god that's terrifying because fucking up is one of the only good parts about childhood Ooh.
0: thank you i'm trying this again I'm okay this.
1: okay Watermelon beer, an hour in, any better?
0: No, <laughs> I had it in the freezer, so it's like it's brisk. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um,
1: I, I got I got hopes though, because kids are also like some of them are smart. I I got a friends, uh, her like her kid like is getting it, like not to get too into this, but I feel like you know, generationally speaking, like kids are observant, they're always going to observe adults far more than adults can observe them. Their brains are just growing exponentially like faster than ours. But, you know, like I feel like the definition, not to go like back to this, but like, like if you take a look at what happened to Roseanne Barr, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. if we take the politics out of it for just like one second, let, let's go back to uh, a truly guilty party in this.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's a tall order, okay.
1: Okay, well, no, 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 because I don't oh, want actually, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about Roseanne. I want to talk about whoever the hell her husband was, because here's her husband. He knows she just took an Ambien, and she's got her hands on the cell phone. Uh... Now, at that point, and yeah, is she racist? Yeah, she's no. racist. Uh, but like, at the same time, like that's the modern day equivalent of seeing somebody down a fifth of whiskey and walking out with car keys. Pero,
0: pero, I must, if her husband is of the same mind as, as, as her, mm-hmm. he was, there, there, there's really nothing wrong with it. There seems to be nothing wrong with it. And if we're going to look at it um, subjectively, uh, so not, not, wait. Objectively? It's, um, I'm a third of the way through this. You're doing so Which, great, man. Or, You're doing so without great. Without judgment, whatever, whichever one of those means without judgment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, (laughs) the uh then what she said cannot be empirically it it cannot be definitively Mm -hmm. judged as wrong here's what's here's here's what blows my mind here's what blows my mind so many things have happened over the last few uh decades right uh ever since 80s. Ever since, uh, ever since Oprah, basically, I count Oprah as the benchmark of sanity. You know what I mean? Oprah came, and the world became sane. You know what I mean? Before that, we were literally in the in the in, in the woods. You know, mm-hmm. like in loin So Oprah brought civilization to the world. So in the post-Oprah era, up until now, um, there have been many many times when a a superstar or just general people, you know, just in the world, where people have spoken their mind. And they've spoken out in a very fucked up fashion. But it's led me to question, you know, is that fucked up fashion, like, uh, definitively wrong? Or is it just that whole perspective thing that we're looking at? Because we get caught up in these things about, like, left and right, white and black, off and on, is, not. You know, these binary uh, concoctions when the world doesn't work on a binary uh, uh, scale. And That's so right. all, so, wow, we're getting real macro. <laughs> so many things in comp- are encompassed in this, including, election where people are all excited because they're like oh biden's in and the world will be good now even though biden's a piece of shit and uh, kamala is kind of like a partial piece of shit too it's like these people are not cool you know th- these are people that changed their tune when they started running for election blah 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 this and that it's kind of like uh And this is not a plug, but I'm making a film called uh, Meet the New Boss, Same as the Old Boss, due to come out in uh, January. Check my website. It's going to be awesome. But it talks on this thing where it's like human emotion and the banging of the rocks together. We're so primal that like if we push ourselves to the worst of the worst, you know, one step back on worse will seem like nirvana for us. You know what I mean? And so which brings me to Roseanne where I'm like, Honestly, up until the last few years, I have, me or my ennui, or whatever you want to call it, like has been more Republican than it's been Democrat, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been more, it, it, like if we're going to break it down to these binary terms that we've somehow convinced, been convinced that we need to live our lives in, mm-hmm. I've been much more of a Republican than I've been a Democrat. Not the current Republican, that's just psychopathy, you know, but just general Republican. And. <laughs> Like Roseanne, I hear what she's saying, and from a certain point, and this is where like, like my mind gets blown. From a certain point of view, she ain't wrong, you know what I mean? I mean, she's fucked up. Like it's fucked up the shit that she that, that she adheres to. But depending on who you are, it's not exactly wrong. And like saving the the, the like kissing the turtles and hugging the trees and like donating money for some Somalian uh, child that's never going to see it. Like, it's not necessarily wrong, not necessarily right. It, it's, it's this weird paradigm where I tell people, like, like people have been so fired up. And it, it, it's very contextual because over the last eight months, over the last four years, really, ever since Trump came in, it, we've been so polarized and everything's been pushed to the binary. But we just don't exist like that. Like, um, one of the reasons, well, this is a good segue, I kind of wanted, I very much wanted Trump to win this last time. Really? Oh, yeah. In a big way. The same way that I wanted Trump to win the first time. I was in an arts arts residency. I was in Red Bull Arts Residency. One of the best arts residencies in America. It's beautiful. And I don't know why the fuck they shut it down, but it was beautiful. They give you a wonderful stipend. They give you creative control. They give you a fucking warehouse to build and showcase your shit. It, it is great. Anyway, I was there in 16 or whenever the election was. And um, it ran all night. Remember, it was a late election. Oh, yeah. And I- sleep in my duvet and I woke up the next morning I was like what happened to my country and I hear screams from the streets, like no and I realized Trump won and I was like yes because that's what America needed it needed to get pushed into the dystopian gutter for the cultural and I'm using weighted words I don't think like this but I'm just using words so we can relate to it culturally on the coast to understand what the country actually was. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I'm in New York right now. I've ventured over the Hudson River. I've gone to see real America, over there to the to the west. And I know. You know, a lot of people around here don't know. I know what real America is like. And real America is fucked up. We are living in a country, in a nation, and a culture that is possibly the most fucked up on the. Fucking planet. We are so young. We're like the petulant teenager, but already we committed genocide, slavery, sex sexism, misogyny. I mean, we are fucked. And all those inci- and it's not gone. All those institutions still exist and conduct business in the same way that they did before, but just in a much slicker way. You know? It's fucked up. This is a racist, fucked up, genocidal country. And nobody really realizes that, you know, yeah. except the people that uh, make up a very large amount of the country. So anyway, that's why I wanted Trump to win because <clears throat> America needed to fall into the depths of pure dystopian hell to realize its own reality. And I knew, I knew if Trump won the, the next day, I swore to God, I, I knew I was like the next day there would be so many people signing in and uh, towing the line of political discourse and making shit happen. That never happened before. You know, we had the 90s and the 2000s, the decades of apathy. And I was like, this is gonna energize people to really see what's really going on. It's gonna be like a smack in the face. And it was. Yeah. And my big thing up until now was that I was like, okay, that plan worked great. I don't think we're ready (laughs) to we're we're not ready to to, to halt the the medication. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we need to keep the prescription going because, you know, BLM was great. I participated in many of the uh, protest, quote unquote riots. I was there to see all like the suburban white anarchists come in and try and set up all the black kids by breaking into all the fucking windows and tearing down all the fucking shit in New York. I, I, it's on my Instagram. I actually recorded that shit. It was wild, I was there. And I was like, but I was also there for like all of the legitimate like protests against like what this country is and wanting uh, people wanting what this country could become and I knew that if Trump lost then there would be the the apathy I'm generation x the apathy would just come right back in like a tidal wave and we would go back to uh normalcy which was before Trump which sucked but everybody thinks that it was so great before four years ago so I wanted uh, so you know saying all that to say I really wanted Trump to win again uh this time because um and this has lost me a lot of friends, I'm looking at the big picture of what I want this country, nation, world, global, you know, human society to become. And we're not going to get there by taking uh, Tylenol all the time. You know what I mean? We literally need to rip off the Band-Aid and chop off the infected arm and move forward, you know? But by putting people like, you know, Biden, who is one of the proponents of the three strikes out bullshit, and then, you know, like, Oh, God, I can't even start. But putting people back in that on paper or in popular culture are the cure. But they're just, you know, fomenting and perpetuating like the same bullshit that we've that brought us to this point. Um, we're just sliding right back. It's that thing you're talking about, like three steps forward, two and a half steps back. Except now we're going three steps and three steps back. You know, we're right back to like where we were under Clinton, who instigated the three strikes out program, which put most black people enjoy it. you know and it's across the board and so uh no in history there's been essentially especially when talking about empire there's been no massive societal change for anything for the bet well let's just say for the better without drastic fucking consequences that's just how humans work we have not evolved to the point where we can take baby steps and then make that the macro. It just, it just doesn't happen like that. Shit, literally, from recorded history up to this very moment, we have not had a moment, a time where empire, empire, I'm not talking about some little society on Papua New Guinea Island. We're talking about empire has drastically changed with, uh, without a very violent and fucked up uh uh, transition like that just has to happen and just like with shots and just like with um going to the doctor we're scared of pain you know but pain is integral in us moving forward and i think we fucked up we fucked up by electing biden bro it it we 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 literally fucked up like we are now because we elected biden we're entering into a dystopian future if we elected trump and went further down the fucking rabbit hole, we would have a sledgehammer of a pendulum, like we're talking about, because everything works like this. We'd have a sledgehammer of a pendulum swinging the other way to smash this shit. And maybe we would have universal healthcare in three years. Maybe we would have like complete, uh, I mean, um, five years. Maybe we would have complete, uh, um, what is it? Um, Student loan debt forgiveness in five years. You know, maybe we'd have this, but now we got this placating son of a bitch and his like brown fucking, (sighs) you know, window dressing to continue the status quo. That's just how it's going to be. That's it. That's it. Trump Trump needed to win for all of the far left leaning people, Mm -hmm. citizens of this world. They needed Trump to win this time. That's it.
1: Uh, did you ever that movie Charlie Wilson's War?
0: Oh shit! I saw five minutes of that and I never finished it. Yeah,
1: there's this great part. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, plays a, uh, yeah, yeah, God rest his soul, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, cantankerous CIA uh, operative. Mm-hmm. Um, tells a story. Now I'm going to butcher this, by the way. I'm absolutely going to mess this up. But <laughs> I, I, I heard this, and you know, I kind of thought, you know, that there's a point to that. And because um, he keeps trying to tell uh, Tom Hanks, well, Charlie Wilson, the, the story of the entire movie. What's that?
0: I forgot Tom Hanks was in that. I love that dude.
1: Yeah. And Julia Roberts. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it
0: was a really good movie.
1: Uh, he says, uh, you know, there's a boy in a watch. village.
0: Right after Tenet. What's that? Well, I might watch that tonight. Charlie Wilson's war after Tenet. Ooh. Oh, is that out? Just came out today, bro. I bought it on the way home. Oh, uh, Lordy. Mm. I and braved is- and the average Bostonian to go see that shit in Boston. I saw it once, came out, bought a ticket for the next show, saw it again. Amazing. Have you seen it? No. Oh, my God. All right. If you're into any of the Christopher Nolan shits, this is the most Nolandian of Nolan films ever ever created. Like he doubles down on everything on this shit. It's dope. You should check it out. Done. I'll uh, give you Amazon password so you can just. Oh no!
1: No, I'm a grown man. I I've got a job. I can pay for the yard. I like.
0: I know. I know. I'm just saying. You know. I'm test you. Sure. Sample me. <laughs> <before I. laughs>
1: But he tells a story and it goes, uh, a boy is born to a village uh, and on his fifth birthday, he gets a horse and uh, all the villagers say, isn't it wonderful that this boy got a horse? And the uh, Taoist priest there says, we'll see. The next year, the boy falls off the horse and breaks his leg and everyone says, oh, isn't it awful that this poor boy's been crippled? And the Taoist priest says, we'll see. The next year, war is called, and the boys of the village are called to fight. But the boy cannot go because he is crippled, having had his leg broken. And all the people of the village say, isn't it wonderful that we have one left? And the Taoist priest says, we'll see. I don't know what the next year is going to hold. I don't know. When we talk about this past year, this god fucking be damned year, I feel like trying to sum it up in any kind of singular aspect is a failure. Because, yeah, uh, we will not have uh, we can't account for all the watershed moments every single person has had, and that's uh, that's going to be something that, that's that's going to be something that there's going to be hopefully a book written ten years from now about this time right now that'll hopefully provide that perspective, and hopefully in ten years we'll actually understand what the hell COVID nineteen is because we don't actually know that quite yet.
0: That's that thing. And that's been like not a mantra, but not a credo, but it's been a foundational aspect of mine ever since I child. Ever since that day that my mom told me about the horses, man, I I swear to God, that was the most pivotal day of my entire life. But ever since that day, I've had this feeling that um, good or bad is our human. Human concoctions, you know? Mm-hmm. The universe works on shit happens to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless we know that this whole universe is a science project completely controlled by some, you know, trans dimensional gargoyle blaster or whatever. But um, the universe works on, uh, um, uh, you know, shit happens, chaos theory, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the core uh, measurement for me, for me personally, the core mm-hmm. measurement isn't whether something's good or bad. It's whether something uh, adds progress or stagnation, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this whole, people talk shit about this whole year. This has been one of the most progressive years in human known recorded history, you know? This has been unprecedented. This is the first time that we've had yada yada and yada yada. This is the first time that we've had um, the technology to and worlds destroy worlds, um, spread information, blah blah blah, and a global pandemic that forces us to not do anything at all. This is the first year that we've had um, uh, uh, people, uh, uh, the entire planet, in fear of one singular thing. You, this is this is all of the freaking. Um, What's his name? Morgan. This is all of the Morgan Freeman movies rolled into one. You know, (laughs) president of the United States, quote unquote, the world, and like something's threatening all of us, and we have to band together. Blah blah blah. This is like the first time that's happened. You know what I mean? People have been comparing this to like the Black Plague and the other plague that like contributed to like the Roman Empire falling and all that bullshit. Yeah, but back then the world was Europe and like parts of west asia you know what i mean this is the first time that globally we've been like yo that shit we might not want to fuck with. you know what i mean this is the first time everybody's been on the same wavelength on anything in recorded human history it's awesome and i i mean i see this as a plus you know a lot of people see this as like the worst thing that could have happened to 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 people and humans this is the best thing that could have happened to humans as far as we know you know this is the great conjunction the great conjunction or whatever they called it in the dark crystal you know what i mean this nice. is like all like band together you know and what happens after this i mean we're definitely going to fuck it up i mean just electing biden and that other you know kamala is fucking it up you know we definitely should have i'm not going to get into that but um it's baby steps it's like that movie contact fucking baby steps which i hate I hate Baby Steps, I love the movie, I hate Baby Steps. But I mean, that's the way the world works. The world works in Baby Steps. Um, The only thing that's really going to uh, push us towards the Star Trek, Utopian, whatever, whatever, is a full on natural disaster that threatens the lives of everyone on this planet that we cannot control and cannot turn back, or an alien invasion, you know? Yes, absolutely. You're right, right. What we got was a bargain basement I Crasdale fucking version of <laughs> what I wanted to happen, you know, what I mean, it has for so me uh, checkpoints for us to turn back and go to back to normalcy, you know, and, uh, you know, electing this guy was part of it. You know, COVID's going to sort itself out. But what we needed and I'm I'm sorry to be talking so blatantly. But what we needed to get to where so many of us want to get within our lifetimes is for the psychopath of the most powerful country on the entire planet who has the power to destroy the world, to stay in power and further destroy the world to the point where there was no question that we need to form a complete new society and tear down the old society to build a new one. What we got was the bargain basement version, where um, he didn't get the four more years to full, fulfill that out. And now we've got the fucking Quaaludes or the, oh, what is it? The, um, we got the, uh, the, what, what's the word for the fake drug? Placebo. We got the placebo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the biggest nation on the planet, which is, to quote Rick and Morty, basically the world. Um, <laughs> It got a placebo. And now, you know, we, we dropped the ball at the fucking two-yard line. You know, we were almost there! Damn it! But we dropped the ball. So we'll see. I mean, I'm honestly, and no bullshit, I'm actually hoping for these neo-Nazis and proud boys and these fucking circle-jerk fuckers to actually start the Civil War. Because honestly, that's what we need. Like, we need society to fall so we can build a new society. As long as, long as we have... 50 60 70 80 percent of the old society is still rolling around we're just gonna repeat all the shit that we've been doing for the past fucking two millennia copy that yeah so you know i'm optimistic i'm making
1: <laughs> we need a bigger enemy
0: we need wait a bigger enemy well, for example, we, we need, oh, oh, I'm about to get nerd on this shit. We yep. need the, not the Kobayashi Maru. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm a little too drunk to recall it, but we need whatever that test was that um, Captain Kirk took. You know, Kobayashi the, Maru. No, you're right. Kobayashi Maru. Oh, is that what that was? That was the Kobayashi yeah, Maru? Yeah. yeah, you totally nailed that. Mm. Can we both celebrate with a swig of liqueur? Yes, sir. Shalansha. Oh, I'm so lit. So, um, yeah, the Kobi We need that. We need an unwinnable situation. You now, I mean, we need to be plunged, you know? Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Fucking uh, a boy and his dog. Nice. Fucking, I'm going back. Um, fucking wish him calm, wish him calm. Um, um, it, it, you know, we need the downfall of society to build a new society, because as humans, I hate to tell people, as humans, we're too fucking... We are a bunch of basic Karens and Kevins when it comes to moving society forward. We value comfort so much more than we value working towards what we want. We'll take comfort anytime. I do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that I need to go to the gym and work out every day to you know, strengthen my core, to fix my back problems. But do I do that? No. Every now and then I take uh, two totes of wheat and I feel much better. But I do go to the gym, but I need to go every day. And we need to be diligent, you know what I mean? Like we need to do this and we're not doing it. That's right. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what's up for the future. You know, the future is unwritten, but we are, I was really getting hopeful in 2016 that we were on the path through like a definitive movement towards what, so many of us want. But um, you know, the path is fraught and um it's a fucking adventure. It's wild. It's wild to just sit down and think and know that everything that you expect out of the future is just hearsay. And like you're gonna get a smorgasbord, a cornucopia, if you will, of taste sensations that you were not expecting. <laughs> but it's really uplifting for me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I thought I had- the two t- 2020s on lock, but it's like, nah, nah, yo, nah, it's going to be some surprises, man. It's going to be a grab bag. It's going <laughs> to be a fucking swag bag of like unexpected treats and like, whoo, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Get this scallion pancake over here. Oh, work? Yeah. Yeah, I'm living in Manhattan right now, so I'm like ordering, I'm trying to figure out what the deal is with seamless and like, you know, what's legit and what's not. It's like a whole different headspace from Brooklyn to Manhattan.
1: How are you how are you holding up? How are you like managing that?
0: I don't know, man. I don't know cuz it's like, you know, your gentrifiers are people make the mistake of thinking that gentrifiers are hum hum, 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 hum Help me, help me. Homage. Homogenous. Thank you, oh my God. Mezcal is so dope. <laughs> group, they're not. There are many like uh, nuances to uh, the gentrification horde. And the gentrificators in uh, uh, Williamsburg, where I live, they just want to look cool. The gentrificators in Manhattan, they want to tell you what you're doing wrong. I swear to God. I have had so many times, and God bless the beautiful God, you know, the the the, the 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 holy nation of Wisconsin, but I've told so many people in the last two weeks that they should just go the fuck back to Wisconsin because, like, they're criticizing me on doing New York shit. You know, they come to New York and criticize me for doing New York shit.
1: <laughs>
0: in Manhattan. I, it, it's wild. It's, that's, I, I like, like so many things that we talked about tonight, that's podcast but
1: it's fantastic
0: Man, oh. So i'm trying bougie uh chinese food right now like how's it how's it bougie well all right so when i order from seamless right mm-hmm. i always anytime i see something that looks good i always go to google maps and then google map that shit and then look at the pictures of the establishment so i know what i'm dealing with so efficient efficient thank you thank you thoughtful and you know mm-hmm. you know inquiry minds want to know But this is the thing, when you get, there's a vast difference, I think you know this, there's a vast difference between suburban Chinese food, urban Chinese food, and then Chinese food that's kind of just, Chinese food that's made for white people. And Mm -hmm. I, I experienced this when I was living with my grandparents on MacArthur Boulevard in Washington, D.C. There was this place called Chen's Chinese Food, and we ordered from there. And they would not put any MSG in the food and taste it like shit. I was like, oh, what's up with the MSG? And that was Chinese food that was made for Anglo-Saxons. And I realized that Chinese food, ever since it came to this country, has adapted itself, morphed itself to the environments that it was in to better serve what was uh, wanted for the populace. I got Chinese food when I was living in Italy for two years and literally you would get linguini as lo mein, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's really interesting, side note, it's really interesting pursuing these ways that culture adapts itself and becomes so dynamic and more diverse than we ever think it was, you know? And so right now I'm, I'm perusing the bougie Chinese food and this is pretty fucking good, you know? No, yep. This is really good. I mean it's
1: expensive as fuck, but <laughs> I mean it's Manhattan bougie
0: Chinese food. The Republican enemy is loving this shit.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna i I'm gonna well, sell some pork futures and get myself some Chinese food. You got parquet
0: floors, bro. Oh I'm my looking. god. Oh parquet floors.
1: It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um oh fuck, where was I gonna go with that? Yeah, the uh Two Things one of the best Chinese food I've ever had in my life was in uh Dublin, Ireland, in a hotel. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, for real, for real. Uh, Renee, uh, my, my wife Renee, and I we were uh, we were going to Dublin, uh, like this, like back in like 2007, and uh, what we didn't know was that Dublin closes down at like 9 p.m. Um, Right. Did not know that because all my Irish friends, like the one guys from Belfast, Dublin, and even a few of the Scotsmen, like they go all night. But I thought that's because they wanted to. No, it's because they couldn't do that back uh, in the old country. Uh, the only place we could find to eat was a Chinese food place and a hotel off of uh, O'Connell Street. And we're like looking at each other. We're like, this, this can't be great. And it came <laughs> out and it was gorgeous. Not that you couldn't get that level of Chinese food in New York but mm-hmm. you're gonna pay for it. You're yeah, yeah. really gonna pay for exactly. it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but actually, since we're, we, we've floated so many like book and movie recommendations, if you like, one of the things I love uh, is how cultures um, bleed into each other uh, almost always by food first.
0: Yeah, yeah, right, right.
1: Um, and I've been reading this book and I, sh- I-, I shit you not, I've been reading this book for two years. Because it's one of those books, it's kind of like that. I don't know if you ever read Guns, Germs, and Steel.
0: No. uh. Uh-uh.
1: Oh, you'd love that book. That book's it's, it's, it's a terrifying, though very practical look at, at, at human history. Uh, especially, especially like kind of like towards like maybe things that we were told in elementary school that were technically true, but maybe weren't the whole truth. For example, Pizarro taking on uh, Pizarro's army of a 1,000, of, of, of taking on a 100,000, uh, I believe, was it Aztecs or Incas? I can't remember now. Mm. Um, but you know what they failed to mention was that the Aztecs were not a farming culture and all disease comes from farms, from animals being close to each other in interior places, which is something to keep uh, in mind uh, this winter, everyone. Um, so <laughs> exactly. they showed up pass along the common cold and that hundred thousand person army had had more than half of it uh, bedridden because they'd never in their lives been exposed to something that you and I would just like pop yeah. two aspirin and get a box of Kleenex for right. or the fact that they'd never had like explosions. It's not that the cannons did so much damage. It was just psychologically terrifying, that kind of thing. Um, but it's also yeah. one of those books where you read a chapter, and then your brain
0: hurts for like a good like week. I hope you're writing all this stuff down. Cause like I, yeah, I, I I'm, really I'm gonna send it to you, I'm gonna send it to you. Links to like all this stuff. I want to prove all this stuff. That, that is right up my alley. Cause all of my work, all of my artwork deals with subjective realities, Yes. you know? like not just the way that um, a, a culture and a culture existing at the same time perceive things different. Mm-hmm. But also, the way that we perceive history completely different than it actually went down and yep. built reality off of basically false foundations like false history. Mine mm-hmm. to me.
1: Well, the one that I've been reading for the past two years, it, it, it's the same thing. I read a chapter and then I have to take a nap and, you know, stop <laughs> and nosebleed. Uh, yeah. It's literally called just salt. It's the history of salt.
0: Um, oh. oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh it's 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 mind bending. Somebody mentioned this to me oh yeah in the past 7 years. And I was blown away because it led me down a rabbit hole, like a rabbit hole of um all these things that we take for granted in the modern age that have been like universe changing elements in the ages past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it was specifically this thing. And it brought me back to so many things, like that movie I watched, uh, 1492 or whatever it was, that fucking Columbus movie, where people were begging the Indians for salt and shit. I was like, what the fuck is that? And it really clarified you know, the depth and importance and uh, somewhat, somewhat, somewhat to the butterfly effect, where this small thing that we think of now can be so in, in, um, integral and uh uh, powerful for changing of the entire known universe yeah Mm -hmm. i love that
1: yeah we basically stand upon the shoulders not just of giants insofar as the innovation of technology arts etc but also Mm -hmm. upon the perceptions that we've been able to dash away because it's been convenient to do so where do Mm -hmm. you get salt it's on my kitchen counter (laughs) where did neolithic man get salt to be able to like you know move liquid between cells he didn't he had to get it from a con- from an animal he consumed like the rest of nature still does
0: right 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 Water. i hope right. on all this stuff you got to send me links on cause... oh yeah yeah.
1: well here's the thing this is probably gonna, like we've been going for a while this is probably gonna be a two episode or so as i'm editing this I- i'll definitely send you i'm definitely sending the gorsini hall stuff gunsters and the steel salt uh, and if I pick up anything else in the editing of it, I'll definitely I'll do pass it away back.
0: Oh yeah, also we spent 20 minutes talking about this. It's great. Yo, that's great. So I think I've reached the level of drunkenness where I'm about to start to learn word. <laughs> I thank you for
1: taking taking this podcast with the with the exact uh intent that I had uh, I, I had put forth for it. You've done yeah, you've done it almost an entire bottle of mezcal, man. That's
0: that's a first on the show. Rocky. I'm down. I- I'm a solid one third of the way down on this motherfucker. Oh my god! And I can really recommend this, man. This is a really good smoky mezcal, and it will get you lit. It's good shit. Uh, I, um, I forgot. Are you a um? Do you imbibe in the mezcal itself? Um, I I, I don't. I, I've I've started recently
1: in the past couple of years. Um, I I try to, um temper myself with hard liquor because i've also and this is one thing that the pandemic has also taught me is that i use liquor as a um social guard like if i like right now i'm like i'm okay just sitting here and just talking to you but if i were talking to you in person i also recognize this thing where i want to hold the glass up almost like a shield because i suffer from a certain amount of social anxiety
0: oh okay and if and if
1: i do that with hard liquor that gets me um into a into blackout state in roughly depending upon how if i'm ne- if i'm hanging out with friends i'm fine if i'm networking i'm going to start making an ass of myself in roughly around 45 to 50 minutes
0: yes i swear to god i swear to god, i'm so glad that i have friends that we can express ourselves on purely vowels you know what i mean <laughs> no consonants needed i swear it's so dope people don't understand the value of that <laughs> That's real. That's real. Hold on. I got more scallion pancakes. <laughs> that shit is so real. Word. Like when you can talk to each other like Chewy. <laughs> yeah. I got oh, you. so much is happening right now. Um, <laughs> this is Kobe Kenny. And um, as I said before, I'm an artist and maker of uh, pretty pictures and pretty things. And it's been an honor hiring out with JB, uh, sipping this wonderful uh, mezcal and perusing, you know, the core uh, elements and foundations of the known universe. I hope we make it to uh, the next stage in human evolution together.
1: That sounds wonderful, Kobe. Thank you so much for being on the show today, my man. And I can't wait to do it again and in person when we get some needles in our arms. How's that sound?
0: I'm down. I will be the first to get that vaccine. And I will be the first 10 years ago to be like, <laughs> what is it, to reply to that commercial that's like, if you were vaccine, vaccinated between the years of yada, 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 you may be eligible for it. I'll be the first one for that. I don't give a fuck. It's cool. <laughs> I need to hear live music, bro. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. Thanks, Kobe.
1: You can find Kobe Kennedy at kobekennedystudio.com and on Instagram at kobe kennedy. For this episode and more, please head to drinkingwithcreatives.com and please support us there on our Patreon. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your preferred platform. My name is Jeremy Berger. I hope you're well. We'll see you next time.